Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Co-parenting can be so difficult. I don't know from personal experience, but I do have a very good friend who is experiencing some difficulties with her co-parenting. And so I am honored and privileged to be her listening ear that she vents to. And through that, I understand it can be really difficult, really, 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 really difficult. So in this conversation, I am speaking with Julie Beckerman who really focuses on what a person can do, specifically women, although I know that the men listening will get great value from this as well, when you are going through a difficult divorce or a difficult co-parenting relationship. And her perspective is all on the kids. What can you do to really lean in and listen to your kids while also doing the best you can to have an amicable relationship with the other parent? This episode is also taken from an Instagram live that I did with Julie Beckerman. So if the audio sounds a bit different and and I'm reading comments and things, that's why. It was a powerful IG live. Also, you can go follow me at Kimberly Beam Holmes on Instagram so that you can see when more fun Instagram lives like this happen. Let's dive into today's episode. There's a process to falling in love and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. Hey, Julie. Hello. It worked. It worked. How are you? <laughs> 21st Century Tech. I am good. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Your hair is amazing. It, uh, it worked out well today. It worked. <laughs> Today's a good day for you. Today's a good day. Good. <laughs> I love it. Well, Julie, tell our audience who, so who you are, what it is you do, and then I have a ton of questions that our audience members would love to know the answers to. Great. Yeah. So my name is Julie. Um, I am a co-parenting coach, uh, which is basically like how to communicate with someone who is making you crazy. Um, mm. You have to, right? You have a kid, you have to deal with this person. And we hear a lot, ignore, just don't deal with it, but we have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm divorced. I've been divorced since 2016, separated since 2014. Um, I have a daughter who's 14 and we've been dealing with this since she's little, you know, mm-hmm. really little. And so, um, I'm really happy to thank you for having me. And I'm really glad to be here and share mm-hmm. some stuff that I know can help a lot of people. That's fantastic. Thank you for being on. I love, I love the tagline you said, how to communicate with someone who's making you crazy. Is that how you said it? <laughs> That's how I said it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. And I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, amen. That is what we need help with. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, let's just dive into it. What, let's just start kind of from the top of it. What are some of the, the top to do's and not to do's 
that you tell people as they're entering into a co-parenting relationship? Sure. So we've all heard like the basics and the standards, you know, don't badmouth your ex, you know, think, um, you know, think financially, don't think emotionally. And so I'm not going to share some of the stuff that you would have heard over and over. But when it comes to any difficult relationship or going into co-parenting, I think what happens for most people is we lose sight of our anchor. And so the number one, like before you are doing anything, you need to know your goals. Mm. So uh, when people say, right, in, in divorce, it's what's in the best interest of the child. So that's a great goal, right? What's in the best interest of your kid? But best interest to you and best interest to me and best interest to someone who's making me crazy, right? My ex or whomever could mean very different things. And what happens is we go into this situation where it's completely chaotic. We really don't know what's going on. And now we're supposed to make really strong, confident decisions. Mm. And we have no idea what that actually looks like. So the number one tool is you have to understand what your goal is. And with co-parenting, clearly it's your kid or your kid. But what does that mean? What is putting their best interests first mean to you? Mm -hmm. um, so ask away. Okay. So, so starting with that. Okay. So let's dive in a little bit there. Cause I, I even just had yeah. uh, someone I was texting with right before this and asking them questions. Cause they're kind of going through a difficult divorce and co-parenting relationship. And his wife is not really willing. Like she's not really willing to talk to him much about anything and especially mm -hmm. have a conversation of, Let's let's talk about what's best for the kids. So how do you deal with that kind of situation where the co-parent is just totally walled <laughs> off? Yeah. So I would say I would 99.9% .9 of the people that I'm working with are in that situation. Because if you're working with someone who wants to work with you, body well, a very different situation. So yeah. yeah, it's how to work with someone who's not interested in working with you. And before you go into some kind of conflict discussion, you need to know your goal, right? Mm -hmm. So if my goal, so for example, I don't know what the, the situation was you were dealing with, but let's say it's something like to vaccinate or not vaccinate, mm. right? Now that's a really meaty issue. And I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with that. Mm -hmm. um, and people within marriages have different views, I'm sure. And so mm -hmm the issue of vaccination. And then you have the difficulty of dealing with the person you have the issue with mm -hmm. and, and things. So understanding your goal around vaccinations can help you to navigate around those things that a person who's not willing to work with you is going to throw in your way. Because that's what it is. That's what creates the conflict. It's not really the issues that we're dealing with. It's mm -hmm. the way in which we're approaching these issues that makes it very hard to get anywhere. Mm. So, um, I think the first and foremost, you know, going like, how would you deal with it? We'd have to kind of get, give me an example, and then we can talk through. But the first and foremost, you need to know where you're headed. Mm -hmm. Why am I even having this debate with this person? Mm -hmm. No, are we going to be successful or do we need to step out and maybe pursue something else? Legally, a mediator, something like that. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, so kind of uh, viewing it as two separate things. There's the actual, what's the specific issue we're working with right now and what's the goal. And then there's the secondary issue of now, how do I communicate it to a person that we have tense terms 
Right. Who's doing everything in their power to make sure that we never actually get to discuss this issue. Yeah. Bring up, let's say vaccinations, which is issue a Mm -hmm. next. No, we're talking about when your kid had the flu 13,000 years ago and that didn't keep the doctor's appointment. Right. And now you're talking about everything, but the issue can happen. That's one example of a way that a difficult person will take you off your point. Yeah. So what about when the issue is, and I I also want to ask how often you see this as the issue, Mm. the one parent not wanting uh, or not being amicable on the, the custody split. So like it's the issue is I'm not seeing the kids because you're keeping the kids, you're bad mouthing me to the kids. Do you see that being an issue? And then how do they work through that? So for example, the, the parent, what the, the other parent is saying, because you're making an issue for me, forget it. I'm not even going to see the kids. Um, that-, that could be one or the parent who has the, the custody right now is the one saying, I'm not going to be like, I'm not willing to, to let you see the kids more often or, you know, keep them from you. Okay. So I think, right. So you have a parent who's basically like setting up an alienation. Yes. Yeah, that's really tricky. So um, that's a that's a big. You have to understand what you need to do to make that right. So what's your goal? If you're if the other parent is alienating you from your kids, mm-hmm. what your goal is to see your. So mm-hmm. ultimately, dealing with your your the only reason you want to deal with them is to find a way to see your kids. If dealing with them is creating a situation that's not letting you see your kids, it's no longer effective and we need to move on mm. and bring in outside resource, what, you know, and that, that right. depends a little bit more nuanced, but right. the, ultimately what will happen is you're going to now go to your, your co-parent and say, I want to see my kids. Why are you keeping your kids from me? And your co-parent's going to come back with a thousand reasons why you don't deserve. And you can get involved for an hour and a half or days, an hour and a half. You can get involved for your, the rest of your life debating those things back and forth. But ultimately, your goal is to see your kids and staying in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that going to get you to see your kids? So mm-hmm. when back to understanding your goal is so important because the person you're dealing with is doing everything possible to keep you from achieving that. Mm. You can easily go down a rabbit hole and follow them along if you're not clear on what your path is before. Good. That's real good. So identify your goals, keeping the kids in mind. Uh, That's great. Another question that we get a lot, I'd love to hear your answer is, so how should you tell your kids about what's going on with the marriage separation or divorce? Um, okay, so just with clear disclosure, not a child psychologist or anything, but I am really, really skilled with communication. And so what I will put back to you is, one, it depends on your kid's age. Two, no one knows you be- knows your kids better than you. No one knows the relationship you have with your kids better than you. So you would tell them, crucial information the way you would tell them any other crucial information to the extent that they can understand how it impacts them. Mm-hmm. Your kid's five, four, you don't need to tell them what's happening six months from now. 
They don't remember. They're not going to know. It's This is what's happening today and tomorrow. This is what you need to know. You, Mommy and daddy are doing things separately, right, with you. If your kid's 16, mm-hmm. it's a different discussion. So one of the key things that I will say in any conversation with your kid is curiosity. Ask more questions than giving information. Mm. Oh, how can I help you? How do you feel? What makes you uncomfortable? What would be good for you? What can I do for you? These are the ways you're going to be able to know what your kid needs. Because wow. sit them down and assume that they're going to need this prototype. And um, so that's what I would say. Ask questions and that's give good. information that's relevant to their lives. That's good. They're going to find it on social media because they're 15. You mm-hmm. definitely tell them. Right. <laughs> right. What about... Um, the, the way the question is worded here is how do you or should you put boundaries in place if your spouse is talking negatively about you to your children? Okay. I love this question. Mm-hmm. As what's really challenging about this question is one, courts hate it. There's not a person on the planet who would be like, oh, a good co-parent, you know, trash talks their ex. Like everyone knows it's not, it's not going to help. Yeah. Um, and yet it happens all the time. We yeah. spew opinions. And if we really, really disagree with something someone's doing. So what I love about this is if your ex is bad mouthing you, mm-hmm. this is your ideal opportunity to ignore your ex. This is not about you and your ex. This is your chance to connect with your kids. So um, let's say dad, dad's telling you that mom is a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Right in one way, shape, or another, she, mom is a bad mom. She's careless. She's a, whatever the things are that your ex says is bad about you, or what do you, you would ask your kids? So if your ex is saying that you are a bad mom, do you think I'm a bad mom? What What are you? Do you have a question for me? You know things like that. It's this is your opportunity to connect with your kid understand what they're asking you and recognize that your kid is not your ex's mouthpiece. You don't need to get mad at them. If they come home and said something to you, you know, let's say your kid's 10. They come home like, you know, mom, tell me about blowjobs. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if this is a family show, but like, you, <laughs> like, okay, well, let's sit down, right? Like you're not, it, there's nothing wrong with, if they're asking you the question, that's amazing. You'd rather them ask you You that question. You want them to come to you because they're not coming to you to accuse you. And that's the mistake we make. We think if they're saying it, we have to, oh my God, no, 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 that's not right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. don't, because you want them to come to you. And if you yell at them for coming to you, they're not going to come to you again. This is your opportunity. Are you a bad mom? No, you're not. You love your kid. And if they're coming to you, it doesn't matter. If your ex is saying you are, you need them to understand. Um, that's that's the key there. Like, there, it's going to happen, mm-hmm. especially if your ex is difficult, especially yeah. if it's contentious. They're going to badmouth you, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hmm. So let's recap what we've learned so far. Only in 10 minutes, you've already gotten great stuff. So <laughs> it's uh, start with curiosity. Or no, start with a goal. That's what we talked about first. So identify what is the goal of what you're wanting to do. And to, like just to interject, we know in co-parenting the goal is your kids. Mm-hmm. 
to clarify for yourself, what does the best interest of my kids mean to me? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where it gets really tricky. Go ahead. So. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. And then, um, and then with the kids, when you're telling them about things that are happening, especially when at the beginning of a separation or a divorce, then leaning more into curiosity, asking them more questions about how they're feeling than telling them and just dumping a bunch of information on them, which is amazing. And then in the, in the last point, uh, it's the same thing. Like even if your spouse is bad mouthing you to them, it's still asking them, Uh what do you think? How does that make you feel? What are, I love that. I love that. Um, Let's talk about, so when you're having the conversations with the, the ex spouse or the about to be ex spouse, how do you keep those as much as you can from just becoming disgusting? Yeah, like from, from becoming terrible fights and, and yeah. trying to so again, going back right. So what I I'm mostly around a communication coach, right? And mostly when you're dealing with an ex, a lot of it's you want it to be written. Especially in the beginning, things mm-hmm. can get really it's so much stuff that you don't want to like use your memory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or that. Right, their memory. So if it's documented, it helps you. And going to dealing the way we get out of I'm sorry, let me back up. The reason, 99% of the reason we end up in those what I call the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. nonsense conversations that are just you're like your hands are shaking, you just cannot, like you, you can't even breathe, you're so mad, is because we don't know why we're in the conversation to begin with. If you at that point that conversation has ceased to be effective for anybody. So at that point, whatever your goal was, it's not being met and you need to exit. So understanding your goal can help you avoid being in a conversation you absolutely do not need. Mm, That's really good. Once you're in it, (laughs) the key to getting out is a little bit more shocking, like snapping a rubber band you know, like splashing cold water on your face and just being like, yo, enough, right? Because we're already in it. But if we can catch it before, much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love what you said about documenting conversation, um, yeah. especially in instances like this. So a lot of people on our audience, the marital audience who are listening might be saying, but you say to try and have the conversations like face to face and things okay. like that. It's true. Like when there's something emotional that you're trying to communicate, it's best to have more of that. Even following up with written communication, following up with this is a recap, because that's searchable. That's, uh, you know, a Rolodex of information where you can go back and both of you have it to look at and agree to. Yeah. Which is a great point. The, um, what do you do when, there's a new, a new partner. So it's an ex-husband, he's dating someone new and the mom, the wife, the ex-wife doesn't like her and doesn't want the kids to be around her. How do you handle things like that? Okay. So kind of going back to what you were saying about face-to-face conversations, being written and emotional, like ultimately the reason it's really good in divorce to do everything written is because we don't want your emotions involved. Mm-hmm. It's, this is, divorce is a contract. It's a business agreement. 
We think it's really romantic, but ultimately there's taxes and that's what we're dealing with. And so it's, it, you want to bring, right? You want to think financially, not emotionally and financially meaning assets, including your kids and how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going back to your question, I'm so sorry. You were saying the question, I lost the if, if the, uh, if the, if my partner, my ex-spouse is seeing someone that yeah. I don't like. Right. Okay. So ultimately going back to that first point, what's the goal? And then thinking, right, for that goal, what's effective. So if my goal is what's in the best interest of my kids, right? I, as a, as a mom have no, right. But there's no leverage. You, there's literally no control over who you're Right. And let, even if you put it in the agreement, you know, this is the process like, OK, then if to enforce it. Now you got to go to court and prove that you're not some just minute, you know, trying to get at your ex. So ultimately, the fact that it bothers you, I'm so sorry, but it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Your feelings about your ex's new partner is not relevant to helping your kids deal with your ex's new partner. Nothing. Imagine yourself going to work every day and being terrified of your boss. Terrified. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing more just horrible. So if your kid now hates their, you know, parents, new partner, and you're sending them there, that's not your job. Your job is to, especially right as a mom, as a dad, is to make it okay. That whatever they're dealing with, whatever reasons we don't like that person, your kid is still going to be able to manage it because you're their parent and you're going to show them how Mm. it's really hard Mm -hmm. thing you can do is to have the confidence in yourself as a parent to know that your kid's going to be fine. Mm. How do you encourage parents to lean? I mean, you've already said some great things, but even more of how do they lean in, check in with their kids to see how things are going? I mean, is there a time when that should stop? Well, um, I, that's again, personal, right? So right and wrong is not really relevant in this. Yes, there's law, right? Forget the laws, but right. It's about you as a parent and what works for the relationship with your kid. And I'm not going to tell a parent how many times or how often they should check in because every kid's different and every relationship's different. But if you're, I think it needs to evolve, but Mm -hmm. is there ever a time where it's not going to benefit a relationship to check in with the other person? Yeah. So, and um, especially what you're teaching your kids is that when things are difficult, it's even more important to lean in and check in with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh And how are you encouraging the, the, the person who's coming to you to Mm -hmm. make sure that they are getting emotionally like what they need in order to be there for their kids? Mm -hmm. Well, that's um, how to make sure that they, I ask. You ask. So if you're coming to me, that's a really good start um, because, again, you your emotions are real. Mm-hmm. And co-parent, this is the most important things in your life. Mm-hmm. And to sit and act like somehow there's not going to be stress or it's going to be fine would be naive. Mm-hmm. And there is fear and there is worry. And it just doesn't belong with your ex. Mm-hmm. We just cope with it. So how do we deal with it? We set up time, you you journal, you deal with it with your friend, however, and we check in. Am I okay? 
And if not, what else do I need? And the way you start to check in with yourself, that you're modeling. Mm-hmm. I'm a really difficult time, children. This is how I do. So I get a, a quest questions all the time, like, right? You, you asked it too, like, how do I parent my kid through this? What do I tell them? How do I show them how to, right? And of course, we worry about our kids being okay. That's, that's the, um, but ultimately what you're, what you have this opportunity now is through a really difficult situation is to show your kids mm. this is how you get through it. Mm. That's, that's great. We have oh, a lot of, go ahead. We have a lot of questions coming in about holidays, Christmas and birthdays. Mm. So let's talk about how to handle those. And that's pretty open-ended. That was the question. Can we discuss holidays, Christmas and birthdays? I'd love to, I'd love to throw out my thoughts. Yeah. Again, going back to knowing your goal. And the second thing that we, I didn't really get that clear. You need to know your goal because the second tip is you want to think uh, a mindset of what's effective, mm. not right, not what's fair, not what is good or bad, but what's going to work for my goal. So let's go to birthdays and holidays. Birthday. What's the, what's the goal on these holidays? And I'm just going to put a blanket one. It might be different for everyone, but some level of this is a special time, right? That, uh, you know, that we want to spend with the people that we love, like our kids. Yeah. And we want, we want the opportunity to have that special memory or time. Okay. So if that's the goal, right? Like, and there's going to be an issue and our kids are going to get pulled apart on the holidays. I love ideas that are thinking outside the box. You know what? I don't want to fight. Take the day, enjoy it, have them. I'm going to make second Christmas and mm-hmm. that's my new tradition. And ultimately, if my goal is to create a tradition and a special memory with my kids and make them feel special, then who cares what day? You can, right? And you've got family and I, I get it. There's all these pieces. But what we really want to do is figure out how to be the most effective mm. for our goals. Mm. I think with holidays, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, you can fight for them. By the time, let's say, if your ex is so unwilling to work with you, by the time you actually got it looked at, the holidays already passed. So. Yeah really want to do with your time? Do you want to spend time fighting or would you rather by the day and just come up with your own? And that's, that's up to you each time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Total sense. And I'm also just thinking about the way, cause the kids know if you're fighting about it or, you know, if there's negative feelings about it. So how much even harder does it make it for the kids when mm-hmm. they feel like because of me, my parents are mad on Christmas. When one parent's pissed, yes. Mm -hmm. Your point, ultimately, if our kids are the goal and the best interest, which doesn't mean sacrificing or compromising our own well-being, because Mm -hmm. that's part of what makes us a good parent, Mm -hmm. but understand, like, what is this going to do for them and how effective is my fighting Mm -hmm. to goal for them of having this time with them? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's worth the fight, but again, knowing your goal in advance can help us decide which fights we're going to take all the way and which mm-hmm. is not worth it. Mm-hmm. We have some, some other questions coming in of, of 
some moms asking, but what age is okay for my kid to go across country or across um, uh, continents? Like if they're leaving the country, like how do I navigate that? How do you help, especially moms, navigate those things? Like, uh, so wait, is the question, their kid is very young Mm -hmm. and take them across the country? Yeah. So she said specifically with going abroad for holidays, I don't know that I would feel comfortable letting my baby leave me. Like what is okay for a baby or toddler? What age is okay for a baby slash toddler to leave their mom? That was the specific. Got it. Okay. So it's a great question because again, it goes back to, it's not about what you, this particular mom is going to have one feeling Mm -hmm. valid. Mm -hmm. You, you know, your comfort level Mm -hmm. and I'd be like, I don't care. Go ahead. Just don't do it on Christmas. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. not right or wrong. It's what feels right to you. And can you kind of justify it? So Mm -hmm. for, if you are not comfortable, the question is not whether it's right or wrong. It's okay. This is not right for my kid. What are the steps that I need to take that are going to make me effective in making sure my kid doesn't go abroad? Because that's the goal. Not if it's right or wrong. It's clearly you're not comfortable, so it's right. Hmm. So how would you encourage that mom to approach that with the ex-husband? Okay, so in terms of dealing with a particular issue with someone who has, right, you're saying up, that parent's saying down. You have a conflict. Go Mm -hmm. abroad, don't go abroad. There's, you have to first understand the system. So if you were to escalate this, right? If you can't resolve it with your ex directly, mm. sources, what are the judges saying? If this were to go to a mediator, what are they going to say? Help you decide, do I want to escalate it? Um, if, and so the first step is you always, and even if you go to court, the court is going to send you back to try to deal directly with your ex. So you, you want to communicate in the best way possible your position and what, what it is that you want. Your ex is going to agree, not agree, ignore you, fight you, right? There's a number of things they'll come back with. Based on what they come back with determines this is either effective to deal with my ex or I need to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Basic like <laughs> business escalation, right? Verbal written termination, verbal warning, written warning, and then you're fired. That's kind of what you're doing. Verbal, verbal discussion, led to a mediated discussion, and then I'm going to have to take it to court if it's something I feel really strongly about and the court will hear it. Mm-hmm. And help. So in terms of um, that's where it gets really important to understand your goals and then understand your ability to be effective mm. with goals, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Now, not taking the the question we just answered, but just taking kind of the the principles of, I think a, a mom or a dad could take that that mindset of, well, if I'm not comfortable with it, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not comfortable with anything. Like, at what point do you have do you push back and say, but are you really still having the best interest of your child at heart versus just what? you're most comfortable with. I guess what I'm getting down to here is 
it's important that they spend time with both parents. It's important that both parents, as long as it is healthy and safe, are a part of the kid's life. But that can be hard to deal with when the emotional pain from the marriage is layered on top of how you think about them otherwise. So what, what, what would you speak into that? Um, I think again, it's about, okay. So when we're talking about knowing your goal, Mm -hmm. you can't decide that in the moment you're Mm -hmm. going in a situation, right? So marriage is your, your family, your home, your social, your social life, your economics, it's everything that matters. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden it's like, you're ripping that apart and trying to figure out where the pieces fall. Don't win it. Don't decide in the moment what to do. You need to think about that in advance. And when it comes to thinking about it in advance, what that helps us do is bypass the emotional response. For a great example of this, right? So for example, when you wake up in the morning, the alarm goes off. We've all been waking up to go to school. Every Nobody wakes up to the alarm like, I mean, some people do. But we <laughs> Most people are like, oh, I hate this. But we get up. Yeah. Want to, we just do it. This is the same. You don't have to want to kind of be calm and put your emotions to the side, but you will. You can with planning, right? Mm -hmm. Just like the alarm clock. You knew the night before why you were getting up, what time, what you needed to do, what time you needed to be there. Like wake up in the morning and go, oh, okay, let me just figure it out. You wouldn't do, this is the most important things in your life. Don't wing it and let your emotions, which change, emotion, motion, it moves, moves every like 30 minutes. You do not want your emotions in the driver's seat when you're making difficult decisions with a difficult person about your children and the other most important things in your life. Yeah. Planning and practice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what helps us manage the emotions. What do you do if the parent does not show up for time? Mm. Similar to when they're bad mouthing you, right? What you're doing is it's an opportunity to address your kids. Yeah, that must really feel bad when Mm. our dad doesn't show up. How do you feel? What can I do? It is really hard. I would feel bad too. Do you know what I would, do you know what I do when I feel bad? You can't, you're not, your, your job is never to try to hold your ex accountable to being a good parent. It is only simply to parent your kids given the other parent that they have. Mm-hmm. And it sucks yeah. when their parent doesn't show up. It sucks. And you can only be there to help mm-hmm. them and it sucks. And I'm here. Yeah. And it, the other piece too, this is the logistics is if you have a, a, a co-parent that consistently drops the ball, your job is to triage. You, you need to know that just because they're planning to show up, don't schedule your most important appointment then. Yeah. Make sure you have backup because you may need to, right? You may need to cover them. Right. Right. So that, that's the other piece of it too. Yeah. It's about planning. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And and really just fits into this whole conversation of if you're, as you're putting the kids first, as that's the goal overall, then okay. it helps you to formulate your decisions, your reactions, your, how you need to show up, how you need self-care in order to show up right. and yeah. be there and be there for your kid. That's so great. It is. Julie, really- oh, go ahead. 
No, you go ahead. I was just <laughs> this child-centered divorce. You know, it's really it is. It's understanding, right? Best interest of the child. That's a law. But best. Okay, what's best for you? And like, look, you've got two parents who clearly see what's best is very different. So the specific you can be about what that means for you, right? Mm-hmm. Does it mean keeping them safe from COVID? Is it education? Is it health mm-hmm. and fitness? Is it religion, right? Like your value, and, and those go even deeper, but the closer, more specific you can get to the things that matter to you, the easier it is to decide those fights mm-hmm. when it's enough is enough. I'm not doing this any kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, um, like as the kids get older, as they, as they become teenagers, and then there's some things they get to make decisions on. So what do you do if your kid doesn't want to spend, doesn't want to go to their dads when it's the weekend with their dads or doesn't want to be with you the weekend they want to be with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really funny you said that my daughter actually asked me that question. She was like, what would you do if I was like, I don't want to live here anymore. And I was like, I'd kill you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but um, ultimately it's the same approach as anything, right? It's curiosity. Okay. Like I, I think if that comes up, our immediate reaction is to get angry. Just like if we hear our kids saying, you know, those negative things that, you know, their other parent might've said about us. It's like, wait, why are you saying that? I think the curiosity. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Like I felt that. Tell me more. What's going on? Why is that important to you right now? Because if they're coming to you and you're reacting, like if it's out of anger, it's an emotional response. It's not thought out. Mm-hmm. Like anything, you want to understand their goal. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for them to move right now? And what's going on so that we can really make an effective decision and make sure it's not one out of anger or because God forbid something really, you know, the neighbor did something bad and now they want to escape. Who knows, right? There's always reason. We want to ask with curiosity. Mm-hmm. them. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe they like the boy down the street and they just want to live closer and then they're definitely not moving there. No, I'm just kidding. But I think that's <laughs> really key because if we don't ask, we make assumptions. Yeah. And those assumptions can really contribute to some of our discomfort. So yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it. Well, Julie, what are your top, you've shared some of them, but even for those who have joined and they haven't heard the whole thing, as we're wrapping up, what are the top do's and don'ts that you would give for co-parenting effectively and child-centered? Okay. So um, the first do's and don'ts is you need to know your goal. And when I say know your goal, right, going back, you need to understand what best interest of the child means to you, Mm -hmm. like literally. This is, these are the things that I think are best. Um, and that will really help. The second most important thing is your mindset. We need to stop thinking about what's fair, what's right, what's good, and what's bad, and start thinking about what's effective. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're dealing with a, your child's other parent who has as many rights as you do in determining what's right for their kid. It's what's effective for what I believe is right. Um, Another one um, is, oh, this is a huge one, especially if you have a parent who's bad-mouthing you. Our our instinct is to go around and run defense. Well, did you know, right, we want to convince the world why they are bad and we're not. And what I will tell you is stop trying. You are not your ex's PR person. 
they're not paying you well enough to do that, stop convincing the world who your ex is, even if they hear you and get it. It does nothing for you. It does nothing. There's no mic drop. There's no applause at the end. It's okay. Yeah. Your ex is a psycho. That's it. You don't get anything. Your job is to be your own PR person. Mm -hmm. So that goes around saying you're a lunatic or a terrible person or X, Y, Z. Okay. And yet here I am. Amazing. So whatever, right? That's your job. So uh, stop convincing the world of why your ex is who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So I think those, I mean, there's, there's a lot, but ultimately they all boil down to the same thing. And that's, you know, using our, not using our emotions in a very, very emotional situation to drive the car. Mm-hmm. want to use our thoughts, how we're thinking about it, or our actions, what we're doing about it. And our feelings are unfortunately just a little bit along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone listening, you can follow Julie. I think the way you do it is pressing the top. Yes. And you can press you can yes. follow her, follow her on Instagram. If you're not following Marriage Helper, you can follow us as well. But Julie, tell us a little bit more about how people can find you other than Instagram and what are some of the ways that you help with child-centered co-parenting? Yeah, so um, definitely follow me on Instagram. It's where I post every day and I really put good information out there that is a little bit, I, I believe, a little bit more unique. It's not your kind of standard tips. Um, and, and reach out to me and I have a program. And it's like six weeks and it will change your life. And I, I, I've just graduated a number of people off the program this past week. Um, I actually have um, a, a client whose ex contacted me and it worked so well that she ended up contacting me. And the two of them, I swear I'm going to get invited to the wedding. I swear. <laughs> but like, so it, it's awesome. um, really powerful. It's not going to fix everything. Yeah. But in I can give you a language to deal Mm -hmm. with the common difficult challenges that come along in these relationships. Um, So please reach out to me. Worst case, let's have a conversation and I'll, you know. How does, so your program is six weeks. Can you tell us a little bit more about how it works? Is it video driven? Is it um, kind of like if you think, um, right? So all of these things that we're talking about are muscle. So what we do is you come in, we, we meet on video. Um, we go through whatever issues, we apply a tool that I'm teaching you to apply in your specific situation. And then over the week, you're practicing. So if we're learning, for example, bicep curls, now over the week, you're going to practice your bicep curls. So you come back and you're stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how it works. It's six weeks. It's like an hour on a video. And then the best part about it, especially if anyone's dealing with a lawyer, I'm a lot less expensive than a lawyer. And I am your first point of contact. I get texts middle of the night, like, Julie, you cannot believe what he just said to me. And it's good because what it's doing is training your brain to take a step yeah. or you're reacting. Right. By- and so, um, yeah, by the end of the six weeks, uh, what people have is that feeling where messages come in, things are coming up and you don't have that sick to your stomach, hands are shaking. I don't even want to look at it feeling. Mm. confidence I know what I'm gonna I don't have to like it but I know what I'm gonna do here yeah that's that, yeah so really I mean like this it would be six weeks me and you like this hang out we get to talk so that's fantastic 
That's fantastic. And such a need. There is such a need, even for a lot of the marriage helper clients where, I mean, that's it. Like they want to save their marriage, but they're still having to deal with the crazy right now. And so really helping with just emotionally, let's calm you down so that in, of course, for us, it's hopefully your marriage can be saved. That's our goal. And we see it happen. Um, But no matter what happens, you're always going to be co-parents to these kids. that. And so uh, when I, back in the day, when I went to a marriage counselor, this quote stuck with me for it's the same tools you need for a good divorce or for a good marriage are the ones you need for a good divorce. So marriage to work out these, the way you deal in your divorce is going to, it's going to strengthen that relationship wherever it's existing Mm -hmm. Uh, and communication Effective communication is effective communication, married, divorced, business, kit, otherwise. So these are principles that are universal. That's right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much, Julie, for joining well, us. For having me. This is such a pleasure. Yeah. Giving our audience some amazing tips. Love what you oh. said. Um, thank you for doing what you do and having a heart for, for keeping those kids the, mm. the goal of a healthy co-parenting relationship. It's awesome. Mm. Thank you. And same to you. Thanks. Great. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. The key pies takeaways for how to deal with co-parenting and have great co-parenting in your relationship. The first is let's remember pies becoming the best you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And there are the situations where you either because of your choice or your spouse's choice, maybe they've remarried or your ex-spouse's choice, that it is no longer an option that this marriage is going to be saved. Even when you get to that point, the pies are still important in thinking about how can I become the most attractive I can be to have great relationships in my life. They don't just have to be about romantically attracting someone else to you. So think about the pies with the conversation I just had with Julie in terms of how can I be the most attractive so that my children will want to come talk to me so that I can have a great co-parenting relationship. And that's really going to focus around that emotional attraction. How can you evoke emotions within your kids, even evoke emotions within the other parent that you're co-parenting with that lead to the best of your ability to have an amicable and great relationship? Because remember, the worst thing that can happen for kids is for their parents to divorce and still experience high conflict. I also love Julie's points about asking your kids more questions, lean into how they're feeling with curiosity. I believe that is the strongest thing any of us can do as parents, but especially when they're experiencing loss and hurt and pain from a divorce that they are having to experience and they don't really have the ability to wrap their mind around as kids. And then the final point I have is to remember that you are not your spouse's PR person or your ex-spouse's PR person. Now, I will caveat that by saying I do believe that you should say positive things or at least neutral things to your children about your spouse, not negative things, because that is the worst thing that you can do. But ultimately, their decisions are their decisions. It's not a reflection on you. But remember, you also don't want your kids to feel like they have a parent that you hate and they're going to take some of that on and maybe feel like you don't like them either. I hope that you found great value from this conversation. 
Be sure that you share this podcast episode with someone that you know who needs it and you can give hope to them.